Welcome back to the Nomi Podcast. Here at the Nomi Podcast, we talk about exciting and interesting topics that help us to develop our relationship to self because it's the most important relationship you'll ever have in life. We believe in self-awareness as a daily practice, something that we enjoy doing, something that can be fun, that can be serious, that can be joyful, and that can be a little daunting sometimes. So we try and make it easier with guests and with conversations between myself, Madeline, and Cynthia, my mom and licensed mental health counselor. We are thrilled about today's episode as we have a special guest on today, Coach Matthew Fuller. One of the reasons I'm so excited to have Matthew on the podcast is because he has such a gift for acknowledging how our brains can work for us instead of against us. In this world where we're trying to get things done, achieve our goals, realize our dreams, or even just get through the day, it can be really difficult when our brains are weaving some not-so-helpful stories. So in today's podcast, we talk about cognitive distortions, which are also known as twisted thinking. Now, there are many examples of this, and in the podcast, we go through how to recognize them and how to inevitably move beyond it because we can't control our thoughts but we can control what happens after we think them. So we talk about some applicable tools and strategies to help you to rewire some neural pathways and get yourself moving in a direction that feels more hopeful than harmful. We hope that you love the episode as much as we loved recording it and without further ado let's get started. So I was reading this book called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And one of the things that struck me was this premise of our chatty brains that always have something to say being the blockage or the interrupters of us accessing our, he called it the soul, the spirit, our true self, our authentic self. It's a two-sided conversation a lot of the times that our brains are are having and getting in the way of us just really knowing our authentic self. That's why I got into cognitive behavioral coaching and that's why I really connected with it. Our brains are incredible machines. They learn, they form really efficient pathways to different habits and ways of recalling information, which is crucial to exist in the modern world. But the brain also doesn't discriminate against information, against this data. It's so easy for things to infiltrate into our minds that don't serve us, that are projected onto us by media or cultural norms or X, Y, and Z, things we get from our parents, that actually, that's not just for our benefit, but it still brings up genuine feelings. Yes, our feelings are valid, but also there's maybe some room to let some of that stuff go because it's not a true reflection of us or what's going on necessarily. Our social belief system that inflates how much we value intelligence makes us think our brains are much more wise than they mm. actually are. And so when you're talking about this, Matthew, what came up for me is this idea of how the, the actual parts of the brain that we can access are very input output. And so when we get these signals that seem to come from our brains, especially around feelings or interpretations of those feelings, we take them as fact. We take them as this mm. is the truth because it's what our brains are. And I value my intelligence and I know the brain is a wonderful thing, which it is, but it's also lazy. It's also easily tricked. It's a little bit more childish than sometimes we think it is in its input output system which tends to skew the way we receive information cognitively and it skews the importance we place on information that our brain is signaling 
when in reality, it's often not real. And I love to think mm. about the brain as a machine, not to not to judge it as good or bad, but it's just it has a job to do. And it helps us get through all the things that we need to do in a day, whether it's picking up the cup of coffee to remembering a phone number. Not if anyone remembers phone numbers anymore, I'm not sure, but <laughs> it, is and it is incredible. But sometimes the machine needs a software update. Sometimes certain programs need to be rewritten. Things that worked before maybe don't work as well now. What's making it overheat or what's taking twice as long? It's so easy to see in other people these irrationalities or these flawed ways of thinking, but we mustn't be the only people in the world who are perfect. Like, it's so easy to see everyone else who's got all these things and their isms and the way that they make their life more complicated. But we look at ourselves as if mine must be the right way or mine has to be perfect, which one puts so much pressure on us to be perfect and allows no space for us to be like, actually, how am I contributing to this? Which then disempowers us because if we can't see how we're contributing to something, then we're just victims in circumstance. Whereas mm. if we accept that actually... I do this weird thing in relationships, or I do this weird thing around this specific topic or in this context, then you're empowered to change that. You mentioned that feelings matter. Our thoughts matter as well. And one of the things to keep in mind is that the brain's number one job and feelings number one job, because they're informational, is to keep us safe, hmm. is to keep us away from danger. And so you're absolutely right. Centuries and centuries ago, the way to keep us safe looked completely different, didn't it, than it does, it does today. So absolutely, our brains do need a overhaul or an upgrade. But sometimes if we don't realize and we don't recognize and we don't give it a pat on the shoulder to say, thank you for keeping me safe, but I'm good. I don't need to not attend that party or not attend that speaking engagement or or not ask someone out on a date or whatever. I'm safe reconstructing mm -hmm. those thoughts away from fear and into opportunity. Cognitive distortions or twisted thinking, there are ways that we learn to process the world that don't necessarily help us move forward. They're often irrational and perpetuate stress response within the body. There'll be things like mind reading or catastrophization or black and white thinking. These types of things that let us think we know more than we actually know. We make a lot of assumptions. We fill in a lot of blanks because that's what the brain loves to do. If it doesn't have the information, it will fill the space to figure it out. But what that can do is actually cause us more stress. The way they happen is they can be passed down from family. They can be learned through your own experiences. If I was catastrophizing something and I was right once or twice in my life, my brain will naturally be like, oh, remember when you did all this work and you were right? And that actually, because of that, there was this reward where you had an idea of how you wanted to do it. It's a reinforced behavior that self-perpetuates. I love cognitive distortions because I go through the list of them. There's, there are many different types. And I'm like, I got that one and that one, like right. badges that I wear <laughs> because we all do them. And even yeah. when we know that we do them, it's the brain just does it. We can't control the, the thoughts that come into our head, we can only do something afterwards, which will then hopefully reprogram 
But ultimately, once the thought's there, it's there. So it's, what do I do now? The other thing to remember, going back to the safety thing, is at some point, this cognitive distortion wasn't a cognitive distortion in our lives. It actually helped us because if it didn't help us out of the gate, then we wouldn't adopt it or adapt it. So you're absolutely right, Matthew, and it's important. Sometimes, like I like to say, is things are packed in our suitcase for us for the journey of life when we're a child. And, and with a lot of trauma, we see these distortions actually serving a purpose to keep the individual safe during that this particular time in their life, right? They don't always serve us for the long haul. It's being able, like you said, that once it's there and operating to go, is this really serving me in the way that I can feel like I'm moving forward in a very fulfilling way or a very productive way, however we want to frame it? I think one that plagues society in general, and certainly my clients, are the shoulds, musts, and oughts. Mm. where it's, I have to do this. It won't be Christmas if I don't do a turkey, even though I'm stretched so thin and don't have the time. Or I really need to, I, I have to do the garden or the neighbors are going to do all that, be thinking and saying all these things about me. As you say, they serve us in time because we don't, as creatures, as animals, we don't do anything that doesn't serve us. So there is that feedback, that chemical feedback that says, this helps you, this keeps you safe, this does something. This gives mm -hmm. you a, a, a hit of dopamine that feels mm -hmm. good. And the funny thing is that even behaviors that feel really bad or like fear or stressful, we can still get feel good hormones from those when we do some of these things like if I'm fortune telling, let's say, and I'm just fortune telling that this really stressful thing is going to happen and I'm feeling really uptight and it's all up here. If that thing were to happen, I would still get a hit of dopamine because it's reinforcing the thing that I was expecting to happen. And that's mm -hmm. how we get some of these feel-good hormones when we find something that we were expecting. This is what I mean when I say the brain doesn't discriminate. It doesn't know what's moral. It doesn't know what's good. It doesn't know what's bad. Things are neutral. It's just learning and responding. And I love that you just brought up the term neutral because I am going to tip the hat around a coaching practice that I learned with Coactive, which they have a principle called balance. And it's all around conscious choice of perspective. So we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'm going to give a very practical example with the word neutral. So in life, we have perspectives and we have topics, right? The topic is neutral. It has no emotional charge. It is a neutral thing. The perspective is what emotionally charges the topic. So for example, like life is good. That is an emotionally charged thing. You've, you've labeled it with good, whatever that looks like for you. It means that there could be a bad. <laughs> so you're, there's judgment here. Life is neutral. So the topic in this st statement is life. That is a neutral thing. My life, your life, et cetera. Life is good or it is good is the perspective, right? And the wonderful thing about detaching the topic, the neutral topic from the charged perspective is we can try on other perspectives. And this is what balance coaching and in my methodology is all about. It's about this idea of if we just pulled that topic, whether let's say it's my job, my job is killing me. I hate my job. That's very emotionally charged, which means that when we're caught and fused with those feelings around our jobs and that emotional charge, it's really hard to see beyond to the topic because we're so lost in the, the emotion. So if you neutralize it with my job and you acknowledge that I don't like it or it's miserable or it 
it hurts me to go <laughs> are the the perspectives you're currently holding. You give yourself a moment to decide, what if I tried on this other perspective here? What if I decided the perspective I wanted to explore was, it's exciting. And it doesn't mean you have to lie to yourself about your current circumstances, but you can imagine what it would look like for you if my job was exciting rather than my job was miserable. And that freedom that we give ourselves by breaking away from the emotional charge allows us to cognitively explore things that would previously have been unavailable because we're really focused on, oh, but that's not true, that's not the case, that's not real, etc. being so lost in the charge of things. So I love that you use neutrality because I think, honestly, bringing things to a neutral state gives us a lot more freedom when it comes to twisted thinking. Yeah. I also like this premise of flexibility. You're talking about incorporating flexibility into your thought processes, right? And perspectives. When I think about flexibility, I cringe a little bit because I'm one of the least flexible people as far as my physical body's concerned. And as I age, I get more and more non-flexible. And so I'm really focusing on that. And one of the things that's helped me is that we need to move away from the all or nothing thinking. Because when I think about flexibility, I think about when I, if I'm going to just jump right into doing a split, I'm probably going to get really hurt. So when I'm thinking about my job, I don't have to think about it that it's bad or exciting, right? I can maybe take a little bit of a stretch or a little bit of flexibility, right? Just lean into that split by saying, my job at times can be a pain in the neck and my job at times can be kind of exciting, kind of rewarding. Let's just think about a split and then let's lower ourselves very slowly over time into the full split. A workshop that I have is about finding the grayscale mm. because just coming out and stepping outside of your emotional experience can be inaccessible to people if they've not done the work to try to get there because that's so hard to do. Mm. But what can be easier is rather than black or white, it's saying if we look at on a grayscale, okay, so I hate my job, I hate going in, but it does give me some financial security. And actually, I don't hate my job. I hate this specific interaction with this person because there's a power dynamic, but actually the job itself, I don't mind it. I, I don't love it, but I don't mind it. It doesn't, it doesn't drain me. It doesn't build me up, but it's more of a, that's more neutral. I really enjoy the commute because I go past this beautiful park or whatever it is. It's where you really break it down and like chip away at this general idea of something and go, okay, actually there's this thing that's making me sick and that I need to examine further. This really big, I hate my job goes more into a, I need to address this particular scenario. This is mm. such a powerful tool because in my own experience, when I find that I'm really fused with a perspective or I'm really like hooked on this emotional charge, and I'm not doing what you're suggesting, I cancel out all the good stuff, even as it's happening. So let's say I'm having like a really bad day because something happened and I'm very lost in an argument that I had with someone and I have to go meet them somewhere. And so I will literally ignore the blue skies and almost tell myself it's not even that good. The blue skies aren't even that mm -hmm. nice. And mm -hmm. I like stomp around literally and metaphorically my day because it is more important to me to be fixated 
on the bad thing. And there's almost this piece of my brain that tells me if I stop focusing on the thing I'm upset about or on the hatred or on the like negativity, if I take my brain off of it for even a moment that I'm going to lose track. I don't even know what I'm, I'm going to lose track of it. It's going to get lost in the ether if all of a sudden I enjoy like the bunny I saw in the corner of the park. But this is the reality. This is what happens. We, we get tunnel vision on negativity in such a way that creates no space for any other experience as we go through our days. There are even some cognitive distortions in there. Our brain loves to filter out all the good stuff and hyper fixate on the negative things, the scary things, the things. Because we're animals, and for, to your point, Cynthia, earlier, our very first reaction when something new happens is fear because it's what kept us alive. If we automatically loved everything, we'd be the, the way the dodo. It's that fear that's what's going on. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. And it happens so fast that we don't even realize it most of the time. And we can be so hard on ourselves to fix or self-help our way out of feeling those emotions. Those are very normal things. And I'm reconnecting with my spiritual practices right now. And one thing that was said that I absolutely love is the tapestry of human experience and how we are so okay with the good, the fun, the happy, the exciting, all those things. We don't question that too much. But when the scary or the sad or the frustrating and those things that all happen in life, we're much more resistant to those things and accepting those things. So what we do is we take these things that are very normal. It's not our right to not feel those things. It's not how life works. And so we're not trying to get to that place where those things don't happen but rather that we can be with those tough times. Because when those tough times come and then we spend all this energy resisting it, we make ourselves suffer so much more than we needed to because it was already tough and then we resisted it and resisted it so much that it actually causes us more suffering than if we'd just been like, you know what, I'm really angry that person did that and I'm going to feel that. Okay, I've processed that. Those chemicals have metabolized and I'm going to respond in a way. I'm going to use that data that I got are those emotions that those thoughts that I had because it's data. I'm going to use that to move forward somehow. We get mm -hmm. stuck very often. Mm -hmm. We hesitate because we feel threatened of letting go, but that's exactly what we need to do. Let go of that distortion. Mm -hmm. Let go, go of that thought, that fear that got to the party first, right? There's a wonderful book called Radical Acceptance, which is just what you're talking about, Matthew, as far as what if we just trusted the universe, ourselves, others enough, and we just let go and we just radically accepted. We mm. just radically accept that we are in whatever we're in and how do we want to proceed? And the key word is to proceed, not to stop, not to go backwards, not possible, but just proceed. It's funny because you said the keyword is proceed, but I actually heard the keyword was want. <laughs> want. How do we yeah, want yeah, to yeah. proceed? Because this is mm -hmm. the reality. So for me, when we talk about defining what we want in the game of perspectives and cognitive distortion and what we're talking about today, it's where we pay attention, right? Where we mm. are, where you're wanted is where you place your attention. And if you don't define your want, your attention is going to go toward what keeps you safe, which is all this negativity. And Matt, you brought in this beautiful metaphor from what you're learning around this idea of a tapestry or even like a quilt, let's say. And so every time you pay attention to something, deeply pay attention and are present to it, you're adding a square to your quilt. And oftentimes when we're so fixated on the quilt's square being perfect, that it's the perfect type of joy and the perfect type of happiness, 
and it can't have any cloudiness in it whatsoever. It needs to be this like pure essence of quote unquote positive emotion. We end up looking up and realizing that all of the ones that we actually let slip through the cracks are the more challenging emotions and the challenging experiences because our criteria for what was good (laughs) was so high that we didn't let anything through the gate. So you look and there's this nasty quilt behavior because we didn't let anything else in, right? There was no texture. So even though there might be some beautiful detailing in it, you can't see it because it's a black fabric with black embroidery. And the the detail is lost. And if you just let a little bit more color into it, you might have been able to see some of the detail, to see some of the beauty in that experience, even if most of the texture behind it is harder and more challenging. And so I think I love this tapestry thing uh, because it's not just in how many colors you can get in. That's also great. But even if it's just one more color, that one piece of contrast will help to define some of the beauty that you would leave behind if you were just making it entirely monochrome. I love metaphor for this type of work. And another one, I love this idea of the sun being that's the, that is the true self. And that these things come in as clouds, these challenges or these thought patterns, they come in and sometimes there's rain, there's hail, there's thunder, there's lightning. And it has real life consequences on the earth. And we can use things like coaching and therapy and all these other interventions to, to help ourselves to handle those storms. But those are just things that are there for a moment in time and they can go away. But the sun is always there. Mm. That true self is there. Mm-hmm. And just because, they're, just because the, th- the clouds are very thick does not mean that sun's not shining just as bright. It's just hard to see at that moment in time. And we can lose ourselves, but it's always there. Lose access to ourselves, right? So the good news is our soul, our spirit, our inner self, whatever, is never, it it never leaves us. It's there. We just lose access. Internal family systems, uh, Richard Swartz does a whole bunch of work around this premise that we're all born with our core self, our core self that is all this goodness, all this richness, all this beauty. And then over time and experiences, sometimes we introduce those clouds, the different mm. cast of characters. He calls them our parts, these cast of characters, the clouds that come in and sometimes interrupt our access to that inner self. And then we live in a society that that really doesn't promote reaccessing it and understanding how to access it in a strength way, in a values way, in a being, we like to say in Nomi, a being way rather than a doing way. We're so focused on the doing. And yes, it's important, but we can't access that, the, the core beauty of each and every one of us because we didn't learn how to. And Mm -hmm. some of these other things, these distortions or emotions are our enemy or whatever, they are those clouds. They get in the way or that hailstorm or that or that rain. And it's so counterintuitive because to do that work, you have to lean into it. And we want to pull away. Mm -hmm. We seek pleasure, avoid pain, but you're not going to get through the other side unless you you sit with that pain. You know it. Mm -hmm. You learn the data. You figure out Why is this, if things are neutral, why is this so important to me? Why is this so painful to me? Mm -hmm. Whereas if we just run away and go for likes on social media or 
drink or do all these things to dissociate and to feel better in the moment, we do our future selves a disservice mm -hmm. because it's in knowing that suffering that we can move through it. Mm -hmm. But it's, we're human. We, of course, we want to pull away from it. And even the other day, as someone who's very aware of this stuff, I had these things going on and I'm like, Matt, you're doing that thing. You're doing this distortion. This is what's going on. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> it's, oh, are you so smart knowing these things? Because the emotional knowing is I feel bad. I feel sad. I feel hurt with that by this. Mm -hmm. It feels awful. Mm -hmm. And so just knowing it isn't always enough, but smiling at yourself and being able to say, okay, you're a human, having a human experience, feel it. And then what are you going to do once you let yourself feel this and then move forward? Because mm -hmm. it's not every moment can be, we, can we completely turn it around? Mm. Sometimes we just need to sit yeah. with it. And be present to it. And the reality is that this is another distortion or fallacy rather that we fall into is we assume that whatever we have now is what we're going to have tomorrow. So this is like a huge distortion around past self versus future self. When we look backwards on ourselves, we can see the change, right? And we can admit to the change in the progression for better or for worse. <laughs> There's been change. But we assume that the current versions of ourselves are exactly the same as the future versions of ourselves, meaning they want the same things. They're capable of the same things when that's absolutely not true because we just proved it by looking backwards at ourselves that we are different in many ways. And we talk about being present to the pain or present to the challenging emotions and to the more joyous ones in these cloudy days is tomorrow might be sunny, right? We don't always know exactly what the weather is going to be the next day. It's about being present to what is here now. And instead of fighting and being miserable about the fact that it's cloudy, it might be a great day for photography. <laughs> it might be an awesome day to go for a walk. Like the rain might be wonderful because now you don't have to water your plants. And that's one less thing you have to do with your time that day. And that's awesome. So mm -hmm. it's being present to the experience and working with our current experience in a way to make today okay. And today as productive as it can be and holding the truth that tomorrow can be different and that the tomorrow version of ourselves might have a different landscape, might have a different resources, might have a different level of willpower to be able to deal with things. And that's okay. It's okay to be in a different place today. And it's okay to hold out hope for tomorrow. It's a beautiful thing. The power of the pause, right? Just pausing to note, to note and be in the present moment. Because a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to be in the present moment because we're thinking about the next thing or we're focused on the past thing that just happened. And so just introducing, say, how they have those health apps, right, that tell you to get up and move every so often. I think we should get up and move every so often, as well as just use that time to just pause and just check in with ourselves, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can just be the power of the pause. We're constantly thinking, whether we realize it or not. And so when we're challenging the way that we're thinking, we can ask ourselves three questions. Is it rational? Is there a law saying that I must think this way? Is it empirical? Is there evidence to support why I think this way? And must everyone respond this way? Are there other options? And then is it helpful? Does this serve me to think this way with whatever my goal is and not serving and feel better for this moment, which might be the long-term goal, but we, sometimes we have to feel not great in pursuit of what we're trying to gain. So sometimes saying, oh, I feel really stressed, but actually this does help me. And so saying, is it rational? Is it empirical? And is it helpful? Can help you to break those things apart. 
And our thoughts and expectations are in three spheres. Our expectations of ourselves, of others, and of the circumstances. When you're feeling really stressed out and it feels like right up choked, like it's choking you, ask yourself, is this a me thing? Is this an other thing? Or is this a circumstances thing? Again, if you're not used to thinking in this way, it's, it can feel so inaccessible. We're just trying to start that fork in the road so you can start that exploration to go, okay, this is an internal thing, or this is an interpersonal thing, or this is a something about my surroundings. And then it's much easier to move forward with that when we know what we're dealing with. These are all tools that we can use to raise our awareness. And if you're the type of person that just loves raising your awareness about yourself and likes to do it with others who enjoy the same thing, I would really encourage you to check out Nomi Fundamentals. We are a community for curious people who just make a hobby out of self-exploration. And Fundamentals is the entry point into that community. So you spend four weeks with Cynthia and myself, and you are able to deep dive into values and purpose and roles and every all of the juiciness of life that we never learn in school. And then you go on to be able to choose and explore workshops with wonderful practitioners like Matthew here. So if you want access to that, you can check us out at nomi.coach forward slash fundamentals. And we really hope you join us because it's a fantastic community of people who really just enjoy learning from each other and learning about themselves. And we learn from all of them every single day. Hope you join us. So I know at the end of the podcast, what's one of my favorite things is when we get Cynthia's quote. So what do you have for us today? So I have a quote from Mary Engelbright. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Mm -hmm. Love that. So aside from going through fundamentals and working with you there, are there other ways that people can get in touch with you and work with you directly, Matthew? Yeah, absolutely. So my socials are all Matthew C.T. Fuller. So that's Instagram, TikTok, and my website is matthewctfuller.com. And I'd really recommend following him on Instagram and TikTok, especially because it's in those micro moments of reminders in your regular cadence of life that help to develop these habits. Well, thanks for being on the podcast with us. And thank you for sticking around our lovely audience. As always, let us know if you have any topics you want us to explore. Otherwise, we will see you soon. And until next time, be well. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope our conversation provides some insight and practical ways to navigate and understand you. If you have found our show to be helpful, please pass it along. Madeline and I are hoping you will join us in creating a ripple effect of mental health and well-being. As always, thanks for listening to the Nomi Podcast. This is Cynthia and Madeline asking you to be good to you.